Welcome to the weekly podcast of Valley Church. I pray that this message will fill you with the hope of the gospel and will help you follow Jesus today. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, visit valleychurchwv.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Hey, we are in a series called The Way, looking at the most famous sermon that was ever preached by Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, and we're actually on week 12. So we've been in this series for a while, and we just have a few weeks left. Um, Last Sunday, Virginia shared with us God's word, and I was incredibly blessed. I, I messaged her Monday, and I was like, I love it because she didn't know I was going to be preaching this Sunday, but I was like, you totally set up my message for this Sunday. And so it's just fun to see how the Holy Spirit speaks to her, speaks to me, and he just pulls everything together. So last week we learned that Jesus said, um, he says a lot of commands to us, and we're going to look at another one today. But last week he said, do not store up treasure on earth. Store up treasure in heaven that will last for eternity. And he's going to continue with that thought today um, as we look at Matthew chapter 6. But before we turn there, um, I want to lay a foundation for understanding more clearly what Jesus is about to say. Because he's going to give us another command, and the command is, do not be anxious. And me just saying that may have given you some anxiety. (laughs) When you hear that word, and, and you hear it, and you think, what? Like, way easier said than done, Jesus. How can we not live anxiously in this life. I titled my message today, Living as the Beloved, because I believe that is the foundation for being able to not live an anxious life. When you know how dearly loved you are by your heavenly Father, then you can overcome that anxiety. Now, I want to tell you, just right off the bat, there are all different kinds of anxiety that we face. I was looking up some stats this week, and over over 40 million Americans suffer from anxiety. I don't know how many of you do, but I have suffered from anxiety, and there are all different types of anxiety. The anxiety that we're going to look at today really has to do with anxiety related to materialism, things of this world. So if I say something that you're like, what? Like, you don't understand my kind, you know, it might not apply to the anxiety that you're facing. I'm talking about what Jesus says here, anxiety that's related to material things. But I still think that Jesus can use his words today to speak to you no matter what kind of anxiety you are facing. So I just want to recognize off the bat that this is a very difficult subject um, because a lot of people suffer from this. And 
in the church in the past, I don't think that we've always done a good job of recognizing how severe anxiety and worry, panic attacks are, and they are real. And, and I just want to say, I am not against any you know, medication for that. I believe God can use that. But I also believe that therapy and counseling is also very important. And um, so just know that going into this message, I really want you to hear the heart of Jesus. So um, in order to understand what Jesus is saying, we have to understand that we are beloved by our Heavenly Father. And this is a word that I've learned a lot about just more in the past few years. What does it mean to be dearly loved by our Father in heaven? And I believe that the freedom from anxiety is found in trusting that you are perfectly loved and known. Freedom from anxiety when it comes to the things of this world. Now, I don't know what kind of a father you had growing up, but I want you to think about your earthly father with me for a little bit. Maybe you had a wonderful father. He was loving, he was caring, he provided for you. But I know that for some of you, it is very opposite. You didn't have a great experience with your earthly father. Maybe your earthly father was abusive, verbally, emotionally, sexually, physically. Maybe your earthly father just wasn't around. He abandoned you and, and your family at a young age. Maybe you have been trying your whole life just to hear the words from your earthly father, I'm proud of you, and you've never heard it. Maybe your father was an angry drunk. Maybe you're still waiting to hear the words from your earthly father, I love you. Wherever you're coming from this morning, I want you to hear the words of your heavenly father and listen to his love for you. So we're going to do something before we go to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to do something that I called a soaking. A soaking in of scripture. What I have done is I've taken several scripture verses and I've put them all together in a letter form from God the Father to you as his son or daughter. And I want you to hear the words of your heavenly Father. And I want you to let them sink deeply into your heart. So I'm going to ask all of you just to close your eyes and picture that you are, are sitting somewhere hearing the words of God the Father to you. The voice of your heavenly Father says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me. As a father shows compassion to his children, so I show compassion to you. 
I promise to work all things for your good. I, your Father, live among you. I know each of you by name, and I take delight in you with gladness. In my love, I will calm all your fears. I rejoice over you with singing. My love for you is steadfast. It will never end. Take shelter in the shadow of my wings. When your heart is overwhelmed, run to me. I will be your safe place. In me, you have perfect peace. I uphold you with my hand. I know what you need before you even ask, but I love when you take time to tell me what's on your heart. I love you so much that I gave my only son to die in your place so you could live forever with me. I didn't send my son to condemn you, but to save you. My patience and kindness towards you is meant to lead you to a place of repentance and choosing to follow me. Come to me when you are weary and I will give you rest. My burden is easy and light. Abide in my love. Because I love you perfectly, there is no room for fear or anxiety in your life. I adopted you to be my sons and daughters, and I will not leave you or forsake you. My beloved, you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. Love, Papa God. Father, thank you that you love us perfectly. Thank you that there is nothing that we have to do to earn your love. Thank you for choosing us to be your beloved sons and daughters. Right now, Holy Spirit, would you guide us to the heart of our Heavenly Father and speak powerfully your truth into our lives. Make us secure in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, now that you have a little taste of your Heavenly Father's love for you, I want you to grab your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, starting in verse 25. We're going to finish out the chapter today and hear this command from Jesus. 
Matthew 6, 25, Jesus continues his message saying, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So we're going to pause here and look back at the first word Jesus said. He said, therefore. And whenever we see the word therefore in scripture, we ask the question, what is it therefore? And so Jesus is saying, in light of everything that I just told you, last week that Virginia taught us, in light of all I said about not storing treasure up on earth, but instead in heaven, Jesus says, do not be anxious about your life. And Jesus is going to give us three reasons why not to be anxious. Now, when you give a command to your children, tell them not to do something, often our kids will say, why? And my response often is, because I said so. And I don't always give the reason why, but Jesus is so loving that he gives us three reasons why not to be anxious. So the first reason is found in the end of verse 26. Jesus says, don't be anxious about what you're going to eat, drink, your body, what you're going to put on. Verse 26, Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Now think about where Jesus is when he's preaching this sermon. It says at the beginning of chapter 5, he went up on a mountain, saw the crowds, and he sat down and started teaching them. So Jesus is out in creation, and he uses creation to explain why. He says, hey, look at the birds. Look at the birds flying around. He says, they don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Here's the first reason why. Jesus says, are you not of more value than the birds? You are. Because you were created in the image of God. The birds are not. But Jesus is saying if God the Father provides exactly what the birds need, how much more valuable are you than the birds flying around? Now, keep in mind, birds are not lazy. If you sit and watch the birds, they work. They pull worms out of the ground. They drop, you know, nuts to crack so they can get the food. But they trust that their creator will provide exactly what they need. So reason number one, Jesus says, are you not more valuable than the birds? You are. 
Your heavenly Father knows you and he loves you perfectly and he will provide exactly what you need. This made me think of growing up. Many of you know that I came from a large family, 11 kids. I was number six, so right in the middle. And I had a dad who worked hard. He worked very hard to provide for us, but sometimes it wasn't enough. And I remember sitting around the kitchen table in the morning, you know, doing family devotions, and my mom just being honest with us and saying, hey, dad and I don't have enough money to pay the bills this month but we're not going to worry. I'm not telling you this so you're anxious or worried. I want you to pray and ask our Heavenly Father to provide what we need. This is true. It happened multiple times when I was a child, and so we would pray. And my parents taught me to trust that my Heavenly Father would provide. My dad worked hard. He was not lazy, but sometimes it just wasn't enough. And I can't tell you how many times we would go to the mailbox and find an anonymous envelope with just the amount of money that my parents needed to pay the bills. That was my heavenly father providing exactly what we needed when we needed it because we are more valuable to him than the birds. Do you trust your heavenly father? Reason number one, but Jesus goes on to give reason number two. He says, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? Jesus is saying being anxious does nothing for you. In fact, it does the opposite. It shortens your lifespan. If you look today, research shows that anxiety can lead to stomach ulcers, to heart attacks, to strokes, to depression, to so many other health problems. Jesus is saying anxiety does nothing for you. Look to your heavenly Father. He loves you perfectly, but do you believe that? Are you letting him love you? He knows exactly what you need. Then Jesus goes on in verse 28, and he says, And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So now Jesus gets even more practical. I mean, he's talking about your heavenly father will provide food for you, but then he's saying, why are you anxious about clothing? And again, he uses creation. He says, look around you. On the hillside, look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. Now, these aren't the same lilies that we have over here in our Western culture. Over where Jesus would have been preaching would have been like wildflowers that he was referring to. He's saying, look at the wildflowers out on the mountain, how they grow. 
They don't toil or spin. And then he says, yet I tell you, even Solomon, Solomon was a king in the Old Testament, known to be like the wealthiest man who ever lived. He had it all. And Jesus says, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these wildflowers. Your heavenly Father knows exactly what you need when you need it. But too often we become consumed with the things of this world, right? We play the comparison game because we get on social media and we see, my friend got a new outfit, I gotta go get a new outfit, right? Oh, my friend got a new pair of shoes, I gotta go get a new pair of shoes. And some of us don't even have one closet, we have two closets. You know, and, and maybe, which, I don't know, maybe some of you even had to pick out your outfit last night and you went through like three or four outfits to decide what you wanted to wear to church today. Jesus is saying, don't worry about your clothes. You know, actually, I don't have time to go there today, but I would love for you to write down Matthew chapter 10 to read later this afternoon. Matthew 10 When Jesus sent out his 12 apostles for the first time, this will shock you. You would have loved to be one of his 12 apostles because Jesus said, when you go, don't take an extra change of clothes with you. Just wear what you're wearing and don't take any money with you on your trip. You just go and preach the kingdom of heaven and trust that your heavenly father is going to provide a place for you to stay. People in the villages who are going to bring you in to feed you, to care for you. Your heavenly father knows exactly what you need. Jesus taught them really, travel light. Don't take much with you. And how many of us are bogged down by the things of this world, stuff, material things that we can't take to heaven? Now, I'm not saying at all that stuff or material things is bad. It's not. They're gifts from the Lord. But when we are consumed by them and they lead us to an anxious life, that's when Jesus says, hold on. Remember, my heavenly Father will provide exactly what you need. Verse 30, Jesus says, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, here's the third reason why, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Having a little faith is a a big deal to God. He wants you to have a big faith in him. You know, when it comes to material things in this world, often having a lot of stuff can lead us to a life of anxiety and worry because we're consumed with this world, the here and now. And this week, I actually learned that, do you know what the middle letter to the word anxiety is? Can you bring that up on the screen? It's I. I, 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 I need, I need, I need, I want, I want, I want. 
And then even if you go down to the root, I believe, of anxiety with material things, it's pride. And the middle letter of pride is I. It's all about I, 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 I. And often I get this picture of like, we have all this stuff. We're lugging through life like I, I. And Jesus is like, leave it. Come follow me. Don't bring much. Focus on the kingdom of heaven. Don't be consumed with the things of this world. It will only lead you to an anxious life. And I believe that the father of anxiety is the enemy, the devil. He wants you to be distracted from the kingdom of God. So he's constantly putting things in front of you to be consumed. You need this. You need this. You need this. No, we don't. Our heavenly father knows exactly what we need. And he promises he will always provide. Verse 31, Jesus says, Therefore, do not be anxious. That's the second time he said this, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So Jesus is saying again, don't be anxious asking these questions. What are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Are we, are we going to have what we need? He says, that's what the Gentiles, or another word, that's what the pagans seek after. But then Jesus says, your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And what I like to do is just pull out a few words in there, five words. Your heavenly Father knows you. Your heavenly Father knows you, Cliff. Your heavenly Father knows you, Leanne. Your heavenly Father loves you, Linda. Your heavenly Father will always provide for you, Angie. Your heavenly Father will always take care of you, Karen. He knows exactly what you need, but do you trust him? Are you secure in his love? Then verse 33, one of the, a very well-known verse that I think many of us have memorized, Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Do you know what Jesus is saying in that verse? He's saying, replace your anxiety with the pursuit of the kingdom of God. Get your eyes off of the things of this world and put them on eternal things, the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. I was convicted by this verse this, for, uh, this week as I was studying it because um, I use this thing that a lot of us have, 
um, as a, an alarm clock. So it sits right on my nightstand. And it's very tempting in the morning when the alarm goes off to grab the phone and say, what's the weather going to be like today? What's the latest news? What happened on social media? What's on my to-do list? What's on the calendar? That's not seeking first the kingdom of God. No, I know that many of us have the Bible app on our phones. We have devotional apps. That's wonderful, and we should be using those. But you know what I also heard this week? When it comes to having kids in your home, if you have a child or a grandchild living with you, can I encourage you and challenge you with something? I'm not saying using your phone for the Bible app and devotionals is bad or wrong, but I just want to challenge you. When all you have is this, even if you're reading your Bible, your child or grandchild doesn't know that that's what you're doing. And they could think that you're just scrolling, you know, social media or watching YouTube shorts or something. Pick up your Bible and open it up and let them see you seeking first the kingdom of God. Set that example for your children, for your grandchildren. Replace your anxiety with a pursuit of the kingdom of God. The last verse, Jesus says, here we go, he's going to repeat it again. He's repeated this command three times. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I believe what Jesus is saying in these verses, or this verse, is you can make plans for the future, for tomorrow, that's not bad, but hold them loosely with open hands, because they could change. You can remember the past, that's not bad either, but I think what Jesus is saying here is live today. Live in the present on Monday of this week, actually, I think it started last Sunday night, I had a plan. I had a plan all laid out for my week. Like, I'm going to get my message all done Monday so that I can just review it throughout the week and do other things I had, other church-related things. And so I woke up Monday, I went across the river, found a park, it was beautiful, I was spending some time alone with the Lord, and I, I sat down, was trying to write out, gather all these thoughts God was giving me for the message, and it wasn't happening. Like, it all just felt like a big, jumbled up ball of a mess up here. And I was getting frustrated because I had a plan for my week, how I wanted it to go, and I started to feel kind of anxious. Now, this can sound silly to some of you, but it was not silly at that moment. Like, I was irritated. So then, after being there till about noon or one o'clock, I was like, I'm not accomplishing anything. So I drove home, locked myself in our bedroom with my Bible, my laptop, continued studying, and still it wasn't happening. I could kind of you know, hear this voice in the back of my head like, do you trust me? 
I'll give you the message. I'll put all your thoughts in line when they need to be, but do you trust me? And it was like, no, Lord, I have a plan. Like, I want it done today because I have other things. And then I got a phone call that led me to be even more anxious on top of that, something else that came up. And I remember sitting in the recliner in our bedroom, just kind of like throwing up my hands. And really, it can sound silly to you, but to me, I was very overwhelmed. So I kind of started crying and I was like, Lord, I'm overwhelmed. This is not coming, but lead me to the rock that is higher than I. From Psalm 61, David said those. Then I came out of the bedroom and I came to Jonathan. He was working on stuff in the living room and I, I just kind of like broke down in front of him. I'm like, I'm frustrated. This isn't happening. You know how I want it to. And my wise husband said, you've been trying to go at this all day and it's clear that it's probably not going to happen today. He said, so put it away. And let's get the kids, let's load up the car. It was about four o'clock. And he said, let's, let's just go up to Louis Wetzel Pool. And so I was like, okay, fine. It's like, I'm done. So we got in the car, we went up to the pool. And that's about the time everybody's starting to leave the pool to go home and get dinner ready. It was a beautiful day. And I got to sit there, watch my kids swim, be outside in creation, jump in the pool with them, and you know what God was teaching me? This verse. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, precious. I have it under control. I know what I'm doing. Live in the present right now. Soak in this time that I'm giving you with your kids and your husband. We get so worried about things that we can't control when we're not supposed to control them. We weren't made to. Our heavenly father is saying, that's for me to take care of. Stop being anxious. What are you afraid of? A lot of anxiety comes from fear of something. What are you afraid of? Maybe there's some of you here today that you're afraid of death of dying. I have good news for you. You don't have to be afraid of death if you know Jesus Christ. But if you don't know him, let me tell you, you need to know Jesus because he's the only way that you can get to heaven. You and I have this problem called sin that separates us from God the Father. That's why he sent Jesus down here to die on the cross, to give his blood for you, to cover your sin. He took all your sin and shame and regret on himself. He died on the cross, but what was different about Jesus is that God the Father raised him back to life on the third day, defeating death, sin, and the grave once for all. And scripture says, and John 1, 12, to all who would receive him, that's Jesus, who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. Maybe you have fear 
over death. You don't have to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. And God the Father says, I'll adopt you into my family. I'll make you my son and my daughter. And you don't have to be scared of death because someday you will come to heaven to live with me. If you've not made that decision, I urge you to do it today. What are you afraid of? What you fear the most is where you trust God the least. What you fear the most is where you trust God the least. And actually, studies show that almost, I think it is 80 or 90% of things that we worry about, spend so much time worrying about, actually never even happen to us. And yet we waste all that time worrying about it. What you fear the most is where you trust God the least. But can I encourage you, maybe your anxiety doesn't come from material things. Maybe it's a different kind of anxiety. I just want to say, I believe that anxiety is real. But I also believe that our God is able to free you from that life of anxiety. He wants to, but it might take you stepping out and having the courage to seek help, to seek out a therapist or a Christian counselor. Do you trust the love of your heavenly Father? Virginia said it this way last week, and I wrote it down because I liked it. Can I trust the one giving the command? And the answer is, you can. You can fully trust your heavenly Father. When God the Father looks at you, he does not see what's wrong with you. He does not see your shame, your regret, your mistakes. No, God the Father sees what is missing in your experience of his son, Jesus. He sees what's missing. Your heavenly Father is fully committed to you becoming the beloved. The question is, are you secure in his love? Do you trust his love? Last verse, Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, I need you. I need you. Do you trust the love of your heavenly Father? He loves you perfectly. You are not less than adopted children. There was a Messianic rabbi from Israel who came to America and he was having a conversation with a Christian and he said, do you understand the distinction between adoption in America and adoption in the biblical Jewish culture? He said, in your culture, a parent can disinherit a biological child. I looked that up this week. It's true. 
A parent can disinherit a biological child. But this Jewish rabbi said, in my culture, or in the culture Jesus grew up and lived in, it is illegal for them to disinherit an adopted child. Do you know what that means? That is good news for you and I as God's sons and daughters because he cannot and he will not disown or disinherit you. You are his and he loves you and wants to provide for you and take care of you. Will you let him? If you've believed in Jesus as your savior from sin, you've been adopted by God the Father and he cannot disown you. You are his beloved. There is a special affection and delight he takes in you that he does not feel for those who hate him or reject his gospel. You are his beloved if you belong to Jesus Christ. And this is not the general or universal love that God has for everyone in creation. This is a special love that he has for his adopted sons and daughters. You are the beloved. And God is fully committed to you. Do you trust your heavenly father? God, thank you for these words that Jesus taught us that we don't have to be anxious in this life. Father, thank you for loving us perfectly. Thank you that we can trust the love of our Heavenly Father. God, I believe there are some here who struggle with anxiety and they struggle to be secure in your love. And God, right now, I'm just asking, would you come and sit with them? Put your arm around them? Put your hand in theirs and remind them that you love them? That you're there to always provide and take care of them. God, help them to be secure in your love. And God, for other brothers and sisters, maybe that are really struggling with anxiety and fear, God, I pray for courage, for courage for them to step out, to seek out help and guidance, counseling, God, so that they can experience a life of freedom. That's what you came to bring us. Father, do what only you can do. Do the impossible for your glory. And thank you for meeting with us today. In Jesus' name, if you are here today and you have never placed your faith and trust in Jesus. Scripture says today is the day of salvation. Don't wait or don't put off being adopted into God's family. 
believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and receive the love the Father has for you. You can pray a simple prayer, Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe in your death and resurrection for me. Will you save me from my sin? And that is the prayer that God always promises he will answer yes to. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Valley Church. If you were impacted by today's teaching or made a decision to follow Jesus, we would love to hear from you, pray for you, and walk with you. To connect with us, visit valleychurchwv.com. There you will find resources on following Jesus and information about how to partner with us here at Valley Church as we seek, serve, and send disciples of Christ.